Thank you for listening to The Way of Consciousness here on the Way of Consciousness Radio Network. Programming to inspire you to live from the divine indwelling within you. This was a production of the Order of the Friends of Yeshua. The Order of the Friends of Yeshua community was created. Well, good evening and welcome to the Way of Consciousness. I apologize for our technical difficulties. We've been having some challenges in, in, on, uh, with technology lately, and uh, we're going to try to overcome that this evening. So I welcome you into our show, The Way of Consciousness. I'm Linda Marie Nelson. I'm here live from Nashville, Tennessee, and we're here live as our show every Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central time across the country, etc. And uh, I'm joined uh, this evening, uh, we'll be joining conversation with um, Bishop Lee Allen Peterson out of the great state of Texas and Father Michael Sherbet out of the cold state of Nebraska. <laughs> and uh, I'm thrilled to be uh, joined in conversation. Um, a Way of Consciousness focuses on the message uh, of the Way of Mastery, which is very, very similar. It's um a 20-year-later version, uh, I think, the, of course, in Miracles came out in the early 70s. This came out in the early 90s. Same message, just from a slightly different uh, 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 perspective, uh, if you will. And uh, we'll be talking mostly about some of the ideas of embodying the teachings of the Christ consciousness uh, here on the show based on uh, some of the things here in the way of mastery. So, um, And we invite callers, so please uh, feel free to call in. We would love your calls, uh, love your input, your questions, your perspectives here. And the phone number to the studio tonight is area code 347-237-237. 5625 and we also welcome your feedback so um, please send us an email at ofjcommunity at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you uh, let us know what you'd like to talk about and we'll try to accommodate you so without further ado I'd like to welcome in first um, Father Michael Sherbert from the great state of Nebraska how are you this evening well, good evening to you, and blessings to our listening audience, and I'm uh, doing well and staying well. Well, good. Well, good. <laughs> We're glad you could join us this evening, Father Michael. And uh, here we have also Bishop Lee Allen Peterson from the great state of Texas. Welcome, Bishop Lee. Thanks for being on the show this evening. Well, it's great to be on the show. I don't know, uh seem to be having terrible difficulties here in Texas. <laughs> well, we'll we'll just work with it. You know, we'll just Absolutely. go with the flow. Absolutely. So I also so. want to um, uh, let our listeners know that we have uh, spiritual development uh, conversations um, via, via Skype. And if anyone is interested in taking part in this journey, um, please send us an email. Again, it's... Uh, ofjcommunity at gmail.com, and we'd be happy to uh, let you know when our schedules are and when we'll be offering um, the various uh, conversations um, more one-on-one -on, -one on this material. So, uh, Bishop Lee, would you like to begin, uh, maybe open with a blessing? Yes, if we can just close our eyes and take a deep breath. 
and just let all the tension go. Heavenly Father, we ask that you bless our instruction here today. We ask that you open our minds and our hearts to the love that you are and that we embody that love throughout our entire being. In your holy name, amen. 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 Well, thank you. Uh, would you like Short to begin speech. our conversation? I didn't want to make it long because of my connection. Yeah. Well, we appreciate the, the short and sweet. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, maybe it'll cooperate. <laughs> okay. Would you like to start us so, off with our, or maybe do a little review of where we kind of left off last week? What do you think? Well, I think that would be. Good. I want to talk about what we uh, what we published today about the end of separation and that being our Christmas gift. And I think yeah. that's actually w- one of the greatest gifts that we could be given. Absolutely. To understand our egoic consciousness and how to overcome it. Uh, we talked about uh, spirit descending into matter and that and how. Uh, Separation was birthed uh, when spirit entered matter. We talked about that we are, in our true essence, pure spirit. And that as the physical universe was created, that developed our ability to develop separation consciousness, or, as we'll learn today, egoic consciousness. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's where we begin today. And we're talking about fear has taken its final form. You know, we talk about this great battle between good and evil. And really what it what it is is more of a battle between love and fear. Mm-hmm. And so excuse me, here we have fear condensed into its final form, which believe it or not uh, is the ego. <laughs> and the ego is made purely of fear. It is made of pure power, pure potentiality, and it also shares unlimited creativity. Now, rest assured, you we have all experienced uh, and have the experience of knowing uh, just how ceaselessly creative the egoic mind can be. For without ceasing, it knows how to immediately look upon another brother or sister or event or anything. And just as the twinkling of an eye, uh, in a space that does not even require a thought, mm-hmm. egoic consciousness can change its can change its perception to create one's and please notice that when we're talking about this, we're talking about the ego as being separate from us. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, if if I could just stop you for one moment, Lee. I would just like to repeat that really quickly. And uh, what Bishop Lee was saying that, you know, in the twinkling of an eye, you know, uh, in the space that is 
does not even require a thought. Egoic consciousness can change its values, change its perceptions, so that it can create what it wants to create. And this is a very right. big discernment, is it not? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. We apologize for the technical difficulties with Bishop Lee's connection. So, um, you know, we, uh, Father Michael, if you could uh, maybe uh, interject something here. I mean, uh, I find that we don't we're, we we say things and think things, and we, before we even realize we had the thought or made the statement, sometimes. Yes, yes, absolutely, and uh, it's. Uh, it's amazing how uh, how deep and ingrained and habitual uh, that fear or egoic consciousness is in, in its protection of itself and its supposed, quote, power. Um, and yet, it's not all bad because, in a way... A cho- we are born into this plane of existence in an innocency, and we must mature. And unless we grow to a point where we can consciously, willfully make decisions and, in a sense, uh, form our personality, it's the most natural thing to at least momentarily, to separate ourselves into what we call individuality. Mm -hmm. And yet, that individuality, if we are open to spirit, always leads, leads us away from separation and fear and back into the integration of spirit, which is ruled by love. So, uh, yes, indeed. Well, I think I'll try to continue here since uh, Bishop Lee um, is trying to get back into the show. Um, So what the ego really wants to create um, is that which continues, sustains itself, which, which keeps its existence. Absolutely. You know, it's like, it's like our physical body. When a cell becomes cancerous and it, goes amok, right. and, it, and it acts as though it were not dependent on the laws of the body itself that keep the body healthy, it begins to do what? It begins to create cells like unto itself. Right. So so cancer can be looked at as merely a misperception run amok at the level of the body that is thinking for itself, creating its own image rather than right. extending the image of the creator Exactly. And living out of harmony with the one mind that creates in radiant joy for no other reason than to extend the good and the holy and the beautiful. Yes. I think that's interesting that we can view even the, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, an illness, a cell, the functioning of the cells uh, creating like unto itself. Um rather than extending uh being being just to extend um the creator and living with that one mind that infinite mind right that only yet, creates in joy uh-huh go ahead. go ahead and yet 
even in its, how can I say, illusion, it is still responding to that vibration of light, of life, that gives its life from the divine creator. It's trying to preserve that same impulse of life which is innate within it, which has given, been given by the Creator. Mm-hmm. Does that That's make really, sense? It does, but it's kind of difficult to really sort of accept. You think, wait a minute, you know, <laughs> how can that be? But it's, the you know, the law of how things are created applies without judgment to everything. Of course. And so, Absolutely. you know, the, the physical body is subject to those laws. And, um, and you know, if the ego um, has a perception, I know uh, I, I was discussing with several ministers recently the idea of oftentimes with, we'll say cancer, for instance, since the this material seems to refer to that illness, is really more about what is eating you rather than what you're eating. Right. And that's really the job of the ego. Right. Is to hold on to and keep the focus on, you know, what we think is wrong out there rather to stay rather than staying connected to the to the divine mind um which creates only in joy. And it's we have that will. You know, we yes. have that we have that divine will uh, to 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 do that. Um, Bishop Lee, um, we were talking about this area of the text where it talks about uh, even a cancerous cell can decide to run amok and duplicate itself because like creates like unto itself. And how that creative law applies to the physical body as well as the, because that's part of the egoic body. And so I think we've lost him again. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, do you want to continue uh, with some more of that material, um, Father Michael? Yes. Yet God does not create limitation, and therefore he does not withdraw creativity from the power of the ego. Interesting. Rather, because God is love, all power un- under heaven and earth, is available and can be tapped into by the egoic consciousness. Again, here we see the God who created man fully alive and fully awakened to his glory and image and likeness, even still extending through love life to this egoic consciousness. Yeah. It doesn't he doesn't even judge it. So that's what really hard. Is, that's really hard though. That's a that's a really hard thing to accept. Of course. Yeah. Of course it is. I mean we think about we say that so you know so matter of factly that God is unconditionally loving and, and not judgmental and and the laws of His creative laws are, apply 
it reminds me of the scripture where the, he makes the sun to shine on, right. you know, the just and the unjust and the rain to fall on the good and the bad. I mean, he doesn't discriminate. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. And uh, that is the nature of his being, which is love, wisdom, joy, and harmony. And he can't change from that. And neither does he acknowledge what we either affirm or deny. Otherwise, when the Bible says God cannot look upon sin, it simply means he doesn't recognize its existence. Apart from himself. There is nothing that is apart from himself. Everything that is made and created is an extension of himself. In perfect beauty, in perfect love, in perfect wisdom, in joy. So again, getting back to, so what is this egoic consciousness? You all know what it feels like to be absolutely certain that you are separate and alone that you must rely on your own thinking processes and that no one, not just the boundaries of your body or skin, but no one beyond your unique contracted sense of I has any connection to go to you whatsoever. And no one cares. And you laminate. Oh, I'm alone. I'm separated. How on earth am I going to make it? I've got to figure my own way. I've got to figure out how this world works. I've got to make it happen for myself. I know. We all lament that, don't we? We do. And it throws us right back to uh, Genesis after the fall where it says, And man shall plow the plow and till the earth by the sweat of his brow. And a little blood along the way, Yeah, uh, it seems. But the wonderful good news here is it does not have to be so, because that door is wide open, and we can at any moment through a loving choice to choose through love again to accept that nature in which we were created. Mm-hmm. And that nature was love. Right. Being love. Bishop Lee, are, uh, can I bring Bishop Lee on for a minute? Let's see. Are you back, yeah. Lee? Absolutely. I'm Bishop trying Lee? to get back. Well, good. I'm, it's good to have you back in there. Can you make a... I'd like to hear some of your perspective on this idea about the free will, so to speak, of the egoic consciousness. Well, what Father Michael was saying was exactly correct, uh, that we have this amazing choice to choose to be the love that we truly are and to allow the egoic consciousness to return to its uh, rightful place which is as a servant to love rather than its predominant place that we have we have through our own ignorance of who we truly are 
allowed it to take place. You see, we are allowing all of this to take place ourselves. Absolutely. We have complete control over whether or not we are going to uh, relinquish our control to God or to the ego. That's our choice. Mm-hmm. Okay, Bishop, so you want to pick find, it up from there? Yeah. So, so now we find that fear has taken its final form. And now there is a complete forgetting of God, of the one of spirit, even of soul. The body represents a level of vibration, still quite intelligent, still very intelligent. It is like a matrix of energy, the very thought of condensation into human form, out of which forms keep getting created, keep getting created, keep getting created, and keep getting created. You have done that for yourself an infinite, infinite number of times. The body is the representation of the ego. That's that's something we have to understand. The body, when we become convinced that we are bodies, we are becoming then convinced that we are egos. You see? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For notice that as you sit in your chair, you are quite certain you are not the wall across from you. As you sit where you are in your chair, your consciousness, your awareness, tells you that you are not the reader and not the author. And you think, no, not me. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do that if I wanted to. Certainly it makes Yeshua very special. For I am just this little bit of dust, this separate mind, body, sitting in my chair, reading words which vibrate with a certain meaning and create certain pictures and understandings in my mind. But these are being placed within me, and I am not that one. Are you? Am I still there? Yep. 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 Uh-huh. Still here. Yeah. Yep. <coughs> you see, the egoic consciousness is the one that says, "I am not that one. I am not God. I am not pure spirit. I am not pure soul. I am this thing that sits in this chair now." And mm-hmm. do you know something? You're absolutely right. You are that that and so much more so you see what he's telling us here is that yes we are the ones sitting in the chair but we are Mm -hmm. also something else right you see the egoic mind seeks to confine us to the body sitting in the chair the egoic mind is that which creates the separated perception that it is only one tiny thin slice of the body It creates a delusion, a distortion in consciousness itself, like a little blip on a radar screen that tells the one watching the screen that there is something there. (laughs) The egoic mind says, I am separate, I am alone. 
I cannot think with the mind of God. I cannot experience unity consciousness. I cannot be as Yeshua is. Not me, not me. I'm too small, too weak. Oh, it just doesn't have it together yet. Maybe someday. <laughs> right. Right. How many times right. have we told ourselves that in our lives? Yeah, that's or the that, truth. That, that we've we bought into the idea, well, it's blasphemy to think that you are that. You are so small that how can you possibly even think that you are God, that you are one with God? How can you possibly be one with love when when you've done this or that or this or that? That's what it keeps telling us. Mm-hmm. For a whole while, that very thought must use the power of the one. Now, isn't that mm-hmm. very interesting? Yes, it is. That that the lie uses the same power that the truth uses. Yep. For that power is life. That power is pure being. That power is the real world. That power is the only thing that exists, period. By the power of that one, you have dreamt the thought of the separate self. By the power of that one, when you decide to, you will awaken from the thought of egoic consciousness. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what has happened to us. We mm-hmm. have been caught up in a dream. Yeah. And don't you think it's so important that we grasp this understanding now? Not in the past, now. Not in the future, but now, and embody it. Absolutely. That's, that's right. Go ahead, go ahead, Linda Marie. Well, <coughs> so we're having this conversation, but why is all of this important? Well, this way of transformation requires that there be that which exists in form. You exist in form. You are sitting in a chair. You know the space and volume of a human body, and you know the particular thoughts that you identify as your own. Um, We all have a history of that body-mind that emerged um, from the sexual desire between two beings called parents. And this uh, a little creation uh, wiggled its way up to touch another thing, and there was a burst of light and a pure spark of pure soul made a decision from intentionality to become fixated or identified with and as a physical form. Physical form. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as a you know, we we get created as a bodily being. And if we're lucky, our parents made a conscious, had the conscious desire to use the body as a communication device for, for teaching only love and gave one unto another. And then accepted that little spark of light that begins yet the birthing of another body. And clearly invited another soul to come and abide with them as a teacher and as a friend and as a brother or a sister. But unfortunately... You know that seems to be rare in our in our in our consciousness here. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. it seems that 
you know, less and less children seem to come into the world, or so many seem to come into this world uh, without being given that love because the parents uh, don't have that, uh, they're just not awake to the consciousness, I guess, of who they really are. And uh, the, the great comfort, though, for me is is that, uh, just like Christ, I mean, you know, it's there. Whether they're aware of it or not, that presence is always there. And um, yes. and so I know all as well. Maybe on maybe not on the external level that you go with consciousness is creating, but certainly on the internal uh, level and on our soul level. Yes. You know all as well. You know, and, for me, this is very personal in this sense that. My early part of my life, I I was basically abandoned by my real father. And so there came a period of time when I trusted very few males. But at some point I made a conscious decision that I would never call any man my father except God in heaven. You know, I'd call them Pete, Joe, John, maybe Pops if they were good, but I would never call them father. And even at that age, and through the things that I was going through, that impulse to recognize God's spirit as my parentage, my divine father and mother, made all the world of difference for me. So so did you come in with that understanding, do you think? Well, I would uh, say I did come into this world uh, with that understanding. I don't think there was a period of time when I was not conscious of that that uh, parentage, that divine connection. I remember I was, uh, my uh, grandparents were Lutheran, and yet I wasn't baptized in the Lutheran church. I was baptized on the kitchen table out in Cody, Wyoming, or between Cody and Paul. The preacher came out there. And I remember here. Here is me, this little guy, and all of these little old ladies standing around gawking at me, saying how beautiful my long eyelashes were, (laughs) tweaking my cheeks and playing with my toes, and I'm saying, hey, (laughs) what is this? What's all the fuss? And I, I even recall my baptism by the preacher, which, you know, that cold water just, uh, uh, does a a number on your diaper. <laughs> but uh yes, I was conscious of that. Wow. That's pretty remarkable. And I don't think I too many of us are, can wonderful. remember that. I find it wonderful. Now does that make me special? No. I don't think it makes me special. I think we all have the capability. But as I often say, 
we come into this world in a state of innocence, and when we come into the atmosphere of this planet, we are bombarded from all sides with the collective consciousness and karmic situation that exists. And that is what tries to keep us from remembering. And we can call that thing the egoic consciousness. It's pervasive. It's everywhere. And yet that veil is really as thin as cheesecake. As thin as Interesting. cheesecake. Interesting. I think you're exactly right, Father. I think that's... You know, I also want to talk about the connection, the, the, the connotation when we use the word Father. Father represents, father represents uh, parentage in the Bible when when he's saying, "Call no man your father." He's mm-hmm. saying exactly what you what you did, mm-hmm. right? You recognized only God as your father. I'm adopted. Yes, and and uh, so I have uh, no real understanding of my biological parentage, if you will. Right. Uh, so I'm sort of the same way, uh, in, in that it was easy for me to understand. You, you know, we used to say, "Well, we're adopted sons and daughters of God," but right. we're really not. <laughs> right. That, that's really not the case. We're, we're adopted human. Our, our our adoptive parents are our human parents. Our natural right. parent is our father is our father mother in heaven yeah. and uh, and you're exactly right as soon as we come in to the uh, the vibrations that are in this world as soon as we begin to germinate if you will in the womb yeah. and, and, and the spirit at whatever point the soul enters into the body uh, science is still debating that <laughs> mm-hmm. but from whatever, you, you know, uh, however it happens, from the moment that the soul enters into this plane of existence, it is entering that matrix of separation, thought, yes. you see. And so, and then when you're born, you're told this is your mother and this is your father, and you're bombarded with 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 that kind of thinking, you are who you right. are, and right. I am who I am, and and that is how the ego has become entrenched mm-hmm. uh, in in our everyday lives, and we have we have been told time after time after time after time uh, that we are bodies. You're a body. Right. You you, right. you you are fat. You are skinny. Yeah. You are this. You are that. Right. And every reference to who we are is a reference to the body. That's right. Absolutely. So how would we, you know, why would we not think we were a body? Right. Yeah. Where are you going you know, to go think... to be told? Go ahead. Yeah, exactly. You know, it make me it makes me think about how we have viewed in Western medicine 
people. I mean, in the last 10 years, there's been such a conscious effort to view the whole person, body, mind, and spirit, because all they ever saw was a body. Mm-hmm. You know, they they were they were relegated to treating the body without any regard to or any awareness of, you know, the, that the person is more than just the body. Right. Right. We right. had the body housing the soul. We had the body housing the spirit. Everything was was uh, dependent upon the body. Exactly. Right. And that's the whole Western mindset, right? Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it did had some. It, it had some good results. I mean, look, you know, we're the most. The, here's where the technology advances. Anything concerned with the body is truly advanced in the West. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh huh. But the 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 East uh, kept most of its spiritual traditions alive, at least from our perspective. If mm-hmm. not, in fact, from theirs, <laughs> you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, because I believe you go on the street today and talk to the average Indian, uh, I don't think they're any more spiritual than a person over here. Right. Right. But I, I think that we have taken their thoughts, their spiritual thoughts, and we have said, "Oh, there's so much purity here." Uh, because we've decided there's no purity in our own teachings. <laughs> mm-hmm. So would uh, would you say maybe they have fallen complacent because their spirituality is everywhere you look in India? Now I understand that uh, most of the major teachers of the East in India will tell you we have been, we entered the Kali Yuga age, which is the age of darkness and materialism, shortly after the uh, incarnation of Christ. And yet, do we take a doctrine such as that and limit ourselves just because it's taught? Hmm. No. We we no. we should not Did we lose him? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Okay. Well, I can hear you now. Okay. Oh, okay. Good. But, Would you repeat that, Lee? Yeah, I I I I think that you know, I understand the, the secular uh, aspect of, of how uh, in the East they determine ages. And yes, I do believe that we are in uh, a, a time of, of dark materialism. Uh, dark materialism. Yeah, I, I think, however, we are coming out of it. Mm-hmm. I think that's what this shift is all about. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm from Kali Yuga to the Golden Age, and then the whole the whole cycle starts over. I don't know, you know, when and if, you know, how all this is going to come about. Right. I I do know that the teachings that we are teaching now, okay, right. is a combination of the uh, of Eastern and Western teachings. 
Yes. And and that's what we have to do. We have to realize that we are entering an age of both. Right. Because in in the in you know, ten years ago all we talked about was killing the ego, killing the ego, killing the ego, killing the ego. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and now we've come to realize, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. If if we kill the ego, then what happens to to the individual? Right, right. Because we recognize that the practical aspect of the ego is that uh, it uh, it's functional. Yeah, exactly. It is functional in terms of our survival on this planet. Right. <laughs> And, and, so, and so, rather than a destruction, it's a purification of that ego consciousness. Right. And we call that, in the West, a lot of times, we've been confused and we've decided that, well, we have to purify our soul. It's not the soul that needs purifying, it's the ego that needs purifying. <laughs> exactly. But we didn't. we never thought in those terms. Right. You know, our, we never thought in those terms back then, so... You know, we have to purify our soul because our soul is is is, is so dirty with sin, and and uh, and really that wasn't it at all. What it no. was is that our soul has been so confused, yeah, by the ego, right. And what what what's it? How did it get confused? It got confused when we lost our identity of who we truly are, right. Because we could have gone in as spirit and said, right. hold on here. <laughs> Something ain't right. Right. But the soul has identified itself with the ego and sees no separation from it. Right. And we lost all of our uh, inherent mental innocency. Our, mm-hmm. we, we bought into the fact that we were bad. Right. For centuries, we've bought into the fact that we are bad. And now we have to realize that, no, no, there, uh, ultimately there is no good or bad. That was the <laughs> that was the tree we ate from. Right. It, it was a tree of illusion. Exactly. A tree of ignorance and forgetfulness. And now we are called to awaken. It's not some big the big change that we have to to make is to wake up from that uh, dream of illusion and separation into the reality of our oneness with all things, yet expressing as us as an individuation, an aspect of that one. Right. Anyway... This is way off course. <laughs> so, Linda Marie, do you want to bring us back? Okay, if I can remember where we are. <laughs> I got so caught up in that conversation. Uh, let's see. Okay. So, I think we're at the idea that fear is what causes our condensation and contraction. Uh, uh, falling, if you will, into uh, and and what you fall into is a matrix of energy that resonates with your own perception and belief about yourself. So, 
So belief is not just a thought. It is a quality of vibration. Yes. And so we fall again, yet again, into a field of energy, into a dream, into a physical universe, into a time frame, into a family structure that resonates and vibrates with how you have learned to perceive yourself. And all the while, you are yet that one. One. Radiant, perfectly free, using the very power of God to create and believe in a dream of smallness, weakness, separation, and loneliness. And even now, as we listen to these words, that is what we are doing. Mm-hmm. We are choosing how we will think of ourselves. And how you think of yourself is reflected in the world that you see and in the experiences that are manifest within your own particular universe, so to speak, of your own consciousness. But if we knew that we were the unlimited one, the infinite creator, God, we would never fear the creation of the golden coins again. We would never believe that we must live in lack. But we are still, for the most part, clinging to the belief that we are small and uh, separate and uh, through the egoic mind struggling to find God and not realizing that it is the very power of God's presence from which we create all the perceptions that we hold about ourselves. It's it's that paradox thing, isn't it, Father Michael? Yeah, indeed it is. Indeed it is. It's uh it's so awesome to realize that Within maybe a few years, when this shift fully occurs, and we begin to collectively live this out, embodiment. But even now, the only limitation is our own self-limitation. We can live this identity. We can live this reality now. Now is the day of salvation. Now is the day of entering back into that eating state of consciousness. Not yesterday, not tomorrow, but now. So there you are. And actually, in, in, in some respects, it can even be said that we have never left it. That's right. That's right. If, if, if the way I look at it is all that exists. What we have right. done is, is, as you said, put a veil over it. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then, you know, just, and then created... This whole world that we see now, mm-hmm. and all we have to do to break through that veil is to say, "I'm awake." Right. That's no longer the truth. Now it takes time, and I, we're all, and that's what we're working with—the evolution of human consciousness. Some will rise above, but yeah. for the most of us. We we are dependent upon the evolution of human consciousness. Right. 
we will all get to that perfect state of realizing our oneness. We will not all get there at the same time, but yet we will because we all get there now. Yes. But don't you think when we get there, when we arrive, don't you think we will be wiser? Don't you think we will remember our lessons that we have learned so well? Oh, yes. I, You know, that that's like saying you can't say that that everything we've been through in terms of our development of egoic consciousness has has been bad, if yeah. you want to classify yeah. it in those terms. It has right. been absolutely necessary uh, for wherever we're going. Otherwise, it would not have happened. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You absolutely. see? So we cannot say that it is bad or that we have wasted our time or that we've been so stupid. That's right. the ego. That's the, the ego, ego raising its head again. Yep. You see? What we have to be able to say is that, yes, we went through this. Yes, we did this. We did this all for a reason. The reason may be a mystery to us, you know, but that's okay because at some point in time we'll understand it all, and right. I'm fine with it. Right. You, you know what I mean? It's yes. just like I understand who I am mm-hmm. uh, more than I ever have in my life. Mm-hmm. But does that mean, and it increases you know, on a daily basis. Does that stop me from entering into all the things that everybody else is into? No. No. Except at times. I mean, that's why I practice meditation, right? Uh-huh. Yes. And we, we practice meditation to, to, to remind us. Right. Of who we truly are. So yes. that, and now we're entering into a period of our lives and into into this where we can continue uh, we don't have to abide the rules of meditation anymore (laughs) we can now when you're awake you no longer need them you know I love this idea that is is, um, kind of reiterated here in in this uh, in this in this dialogue about (laughs) the world being nothing but the reflection of thought, the thought of separation. And that one pervades, and that, the infinite mind, or that one, capital letters, pervades all things. And the realization of ourselves as the one, or that one, or God, or however you want to express that, is closer to you than your own breath. And it's simply a decision away. And I, I agree with you both that I believe these times of great change, um, you know, it's like the movie projector. The film is not now not running in that projector as smoothly as it was before because we are waking up and many of us are beginning to see that what we've been projecting out there is really not what we want. Exactly. That's right. We have to realize we're not the projector, we're the screen. Right. Exactly. And and this meditation you were talking about... um, uh, and, and, and they talk about this great richness of, of this this opportunity to be in this three-dimensional reality, the right. richness of all the dramas of separation, of seeking and seeking and seeking. Um, you know, uh, like it says in The Cor- Course in Miracles, um, you know, 
we, we, we seek, we seek, we try this form of meditation, that form of meditation, we say this didn't work, we try Buddhism, that didn't work, let's try Christianity, and, and, and that didn't work, so let's take drugs. And uh, <laughs> But the very energy that is, you know, the seeking is egoic mm-hmm. energy. It's one we relax into the knowing and can accept the truth of ourselves. And we have so believed how small we are. We have we're so convinced and been beaten down about, you know, we're down here and the ones that know are above us. And you know, and God is outside there, up in heaven. And you know, from every aspect, we've been told right. that we're not the one. Right. That we somehow have to prevail upon the one, beg the one, pray to the one. And all yes. of that that makes us separate. Yes. And, and and even that, you, you know, then we get into the, the uh, okay, let's say that I am pure spirit, okay, and I pervert and I, I, I pervade everything at all times. But then you know what happens? The ego jumps back up and it says, wait a minute, then you're nothing. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. What? I'm huh? okay. <laughs> you know, well, I merged into oblivion. <laughs> yes. The wonderful thing I love about this material is that it has made me reflect upon my journey. And that journey included many of the things Bishop Linda mentioned. And it has made me question all the metaphysical teachings out there. Because every one of those teachings seems to have an inbuilt limitation in which it tries to suggest to you that you are still bound to it. And Mm -hmm. this material questions that and defaces that. You're you're absolutely right. And that's in a a lot of the metaphysical materials you know, you'll go, well, this is so, and and you can do this if. And there's, Mm -hmm. you know, so and so there's a built-in uh, where it says this will work if it does. <laughs> right. You know what I mean. Right. But and and that was that that was a hook. That was a right. hook. Yeah. Because then you got to take this course and that course and this course and that course to try to get away from from it mm-hmm. instead yeah. of coming to the true realization. That we are love. Yes. Exactly. No qualifiers necessary. No right. qualifiers. But we're having to go through all of this to convince ourselves of that, right? Right. Exactly. Right. So, so there, there is. We go through this material in, in an effort because it does exactly what it says it's going to do. It's going to bring up everything that you need to get through. To get to that point, and Father, you were—that's exactly what you were talking about. Yes. Uh-huh. It's 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 made me look at my journey. Right. It's made me look at everything that I've seen, 
and while I've gained something from everything that I've seen, I realize now that this is the truth. Right. And that this this is the truth for me now. Yeah. Will it be the truth for me later? Don't know. But I'm fine with that because right. this is the truth for me now. And we right. have to get we have to get to that point. We have to get to that point where we're okay with mystery. We're okay with knowing things that w- uh, of not knowing certain things of right. of concrete physical. Uh, it's just like faith. Right. <coughs> Excuse me. That doesn't the other have one, any concrete physical reality. Right. Right. And one you of know, the other wonderful things about this is you and I have an associate who looks at this material and then advertises it to her family and friends saying it doesn't matter what path you have chosen, your spiritual path. This speaks to you. This speaks to me individually. Mm-hmm. It's as it was written just for me, and I can understand it. Yes, because we are that one, and this is the truth of that one. Yes. And, you know, the other thing that I got, I've gained uh, some great, tremendous comfort from is being in the now. The holy now is <laughs> such a holy moment to be fully present in just the now. And, and and that's what keeps our ego from projecting into the future and constantly reflecting on the past and rehashing events and, and things that we think happened. And when we do that, it, con- it continues to project onto the screen, you know, Right. The next event right. which is caught in that in that cycle. So to be in the holy now and release everything is really the most freeing, the most healing. Um you know, I I can't even there just are no words. To know that we're the that one. Yes. You know, not from an egoic sense, but from a a holiness percep- perception, from a gratitude. I mean, I'm so grateful to be able to live that in my heart and be able to function each day. And when I start to get kidnapped, so to speak, as one of my teachers said, you know, I I withdraw within. I realize, wait a minute, you know, Uh I am not that which I see. I am that one. Right. Yes, I I love left brain. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Bishop Lee, can you leave us with, uh, I thought... Maybe a great way to, to conclude our, our broadcast this evening was maybe to reiterate um, in, in some form of a blessing what it is, based on this information, what is it that we're really uh, required to do in order to stay connected to that one? How do we um, bring ourselves back to the truth of that that's within us? Okay. I I don't know about in the form of a blessing. We'll just try this. Just breathe in. Breathe out. Release all your tension. Look. Close your eyes and look in front of you. Pay attention to your breath as it goes in and out. (sighs) 
pay attention to that space that's in front of you. And that's it. <laughs> that is 30 years of meditation. Amen. It, it's you. You take you, you. You look out, and the very fact that you can look out with your eyes mm-hmm. closed, mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know, and you perceive, you perceive this infinite space that's in front of you, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Right. Yes. But you know, what are you looking at? Yeah. You're looking at you. Yeah. Perception. And that's perception. Yeah. It's you, you, and so so that's the uh that's thousands of dollars worth of meditation. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when he laughs. Yes, uh, me too. Reminds me well, of the Dalai Lama. I'm going to be looking forward to um, uh, next week's show when we talk about um, um, how we choose to live um, Mm -hmm. as though we are not the ego, that we are that one. But I I love this one thing I'd like to just mention here just at the end of this this, uh, uh, discussion in this this particular dialogue um, to have us remember that... um, it only requires a thought to shift the momentum of our life in a new direction. So when we rest tonight and put our head upon the pillow, let us say, I am not just this body, body-mind. I am that one, pure, unbounded, and undefiled. Mm-hmm. I am in communion with every rock, every tree, and every time frame that has ever been. And so it is. And so it is. Oh, I Thank see you where so you're much. trying to lead me. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, thank you, Bishop Lee Allen Peterson and uh, Father Michael Sherbert. It's such a blessing and an honor to be able to discuss this material with you each week. And um, if we can reach the heart and if one person can begin to remember who they really are, then our job is well done, and uh, we continue to follow the call of this ministry that we have. It's interesting how different our ministries look individually, but how beautifully it all seems to coalesce together when we come together on the show each week. It's it's an enormous uh, uh, thing to watch and to be a part of, so thank you both so very much. And uh, I just want to mention how grateful we are to the many, many, many archive listeners that listen to our shows uh, on demand and uh, we, we are so grateful to you and um, and appreciate your support and so uh, we send you great blessings during this wonderful Christmas season may the birth of this knowledge the birth of that one be realized in your own consciousness Amen. we send you love and we send you blessings. Amen. Thank you for listening to The Way of Consciousness here on the Way of Consciousness Radio Network. Programming to inspire you 
to live from the divine indwelling within you. This was a production of the Order of the Friends of Yeshua. The Order of the Friends of Yeshua community was created to offer support to those who continually seek to embody the Christ message of love, forgiveness, compassion, oneness, and peace. OFJ is not interested in creating yet another worldly structure, which could, by its very nature, set itself apart and seeks not to focus on the personhood of Yeshua, Jesus, but to share in the divine realization that he came to share with us, which is that we are all created in the image and likeness of God, and that the kingdom of heaven is within.